Welcome to another edition of the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast. It's episode 103 of Stands and Fits. If my voice sounds nasally, it's because I have paper towels stuffed up my nose. You got the old pre-podcast nosebleed. Yeah, uh, people who are frequent listeners of the Sports Fanatics on 1460 Cakes know and now 106.3 FM. A couple weeks ago, I was hosting with Sean Roberts. Right when we started the show, I got a bloody nose. Had to leave the studio for a minute to go and do exactly what I'm doing right now. Uh, But when the air starts to get dry and there's a lot of pollen in the air, I start to run into this problem. So have these been the only two nosebleeds you've had recently? Or have you had other ones outside of like when you go on the air? I've had a couple other ones. Okay. Okay. but they're always like at this time mm-hmm. at the between four and five o'clock. See, I was going to suggest that maybe it's associated with you actually going on the air and maybe it's kind of like a 11 from stranger things kind of thing going on. Whereas like when you go on and use your, your, your radio powers, yeah. that's when you get nosebleeds. I start to really strain myself. Yeah. Uh, I thought you were going to say something like it's because I'm picking my nose too much. <laughs> that, that it's probably a better explanation actually. I, I, yeah. I mean, maybe that could be what it is. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, so I, that's why. I have an abnormally nasally voice today. Um, all right, so we got our doing something a little bit different here for our wine of the week. We uh, we've got barefoot barefoot spritzer, wine based spritzer rosé. I don't I, know what's a spritzer. I mean, it basically it's just like carbonated wine, isn't it? So it's kind of like champagne then. I don't know. To be honest, I never had one. I mean, I've never had one either. I, I would assume it's kind of like a, it's in the White Claw variety-ish, yeah. like that kind of family. It was uh, $4.18 to get these two cans. Okay. that's That seems expensive. Well, they're two oh nine a piece. Two oh nine a piece, yeah. I guess when, you, when we think back to when we used to buy bad beer, I guess it's probably... There's it, not very much in here. Like, yeah. we got to keep that in mind. Yeah, that's the other thing. It, it, these are only like what... 10 ounces or something like that? Uh, it's 8.4. 8.4 ounces. Yeah, pretty small. Cheers. Cheers How many to you. ounces are in a... I don't know about that. It's like got pomegranate on the front, so... It does. Chamomile. I'm not, I don't really taste any chamomile on that, personally. I don't know that I've ever tasted chamomile before. You never had chamomile tea? No. I mean, I, I don't really take you as a big tea drinker but i figured at some point you'd gotten sick and maybe gave him tea a try no i don't drink tea uh i just drink water when i'm sick (laughs) um yeah i mean that's okay my taste buds are probably slightly altered at this point from your nosebleed yeah i mean the fact that my nose is plugged i'm not sure that a nosebleed has ever affected my taste buds to be honest no it's nothing not about the actual nosebleed it's about the fact that i have a piece of paper in my nose i mean yeah but at the same time you have one I mean, one nostril open but it's why you like you know you plug your nose when you're about to taste something bad so can you only breathe out of one nostril yes i mean that <laughs> i would breathe straight into the towel okay fair enough so technically if, it, if anything it's muted to you so just imagine what you ever you just tasted and just amplify it. Yeah, hopefully I'll be able to take this out here in a minute and then I'll be able to get a better better idea. Um, all right, next thing. Got to give a quick shout out to tonight's CF Super Patron. We're actually going to have two of these. We'll have one after the... Actually, three, technically. Uh, we'll have those two after the break. But tonight's CF Super Patron is Ryan Osweiler. He's been a diehard Cyclone fan since he was about nine years old. And his dad took him to Hilton Coliseum to watch Iowa State play number two Oklahoma State. Iowa State came back from a large halftime deficit led by Justice Thigpen and Fred Hoiberg to win the game. Ever since that night, he's been a believer in Hilton Magic. 
He went to Iowa State in the early 2000s, has season tickets to men's basketball and football, and consumes all the Cyclone Fanatic content we can throw at him. He told us he became a CF patron because this pandemic has created so many challenges for so many people. And as someone who relies on CF as much as he does, it was a no-brainer. You can find out more information about being a Cyclone Fanatic super patron at uh, CycloneFanatic.com. Big shout out and thank you. That uh, I think we've talked about that game on here before. Yep. The game against number two Oklahoma State. And that's a good one to really get hooked, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, I watched when I was putting together the bracket of the best games in, in program history. That was one that was highly rated. Uh, and it, um, I watched a clip from it. Mm-hmm. And I know that you had told me about how loud your dad said it was. Yep. It was absolutely as loud as, as what he described yeah. or what i remembered him describing yep he said that was the loudest he'd ever experienced hilton yeah and i mean I, it, it was crazy i mean obviously i wasn't there but yeah the, the i think there's a youtube video of it and it just looks like the entire place is shaking yeah the whole build it's shaking the camera yeah and i've i mean it's been loud in hilton coliseum before but i don't know that i've ever seen the mm-hmm. the building think, shake in my time there. i think the the closest it's gotten for me personally was mike gazelle's free throw at whatever at the end of whatever game that was the iowa game and that one it might have been shaking on the floor mm-hmm but I don't know that it's ever like shaken the entire infrastructure of the building. Yeah, agreed. You know, uh, yeah, I've only ever seen that at Jack Trice, and that's when it gets like <laughs> really, really loud. Yeah. Um, all right, one last thing before we get started: the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network is now fueled by Cody Road Bourbon. Find this Iowa-made whiskey today at your local liquor store. If they don't have it, demand it. Thanks to our friends at the Mississippi River Distilling Company for supporting Cyclone Fanatic. I demand some Cody Road for this podcast. We need some Cody Road right here. Yeah, man, this doesn't make any sense to me. You and I, now the longest-running Cyclone Fanatic podcast, 103 episodes we're on. Wow. I don't, actually don't even think that's right. I think we've done more episodes than that. Yeah, I, well, we've definitely lost a few episodes, too. Well, yeah. That's a whole other deal, though. Uh, yeah, but, but uh, there yeah. was at one point where we started actually numbering them, yeah. too, I think. No, we, we have the numbers right. I'm pretty sure about that. No. But uh, regardless, longest-running Cyclone Fanatic podcast. Which is super weird to think about. Meyer to Blythe does two episodes, and, and they get all this Cody Road. They get this Mississippi River Distilling Company. It's not fair, I tell you. Uh, even though they're they're actually cool, you know, people who have actually put on a cycling uniform and done really cool things. That, that doesn't matter. Uh, Williams and Bloom, I mean, sure, you know, they did a podcast. They've done a podcast for what ten years, mm-hmm. but they've done twenty episodes of the quarantine podcast, and all of a sudden. They've got the bourbon. All of their countless episodes where they didn't call them a specific podcast name. Yeah. Those, those don't count. And then now look, we get nothing. We, <laughs> we're going to the gas station to buy $2 cans of wine. I guess just think about it this way. If there's any excuse they can say, it's just because we already have alcoholic beverages on this show every week. Well, and then I would say that if Chris Williams is listening right now, he needs to get out there, pound the pavement and get us a winery deal. Ooh, yes. But then it's probably going to be a good wine, though, is the only problem. That's fair. We need to deal. I'd with still like, accept it, though. We need to deal with like high V wine and spirits or something. Wow, shots thrown at high V. I don't know. I'm just saying like <laughs> that, just so that they'll give us free wine. That's true, I guess. It would be yeah. a lot easier if we had other people telling us what bad wine to drink, mm-hmm. and not going to the store. And uh, we've gotten like, some this re- one looks pretty cheap. We've gotten some recommendations for bad wines before. I think there's there's like two or three that we could we yeah. could pull out. Yeah, I'm sure we'll figure it out. All right, let's get started. Um, there has been a lot that has happened. 
in well it seems like every time i do a podcast there's been a lot that's happened yeah doesn't matter what episode of what podcast it is but that's uh, 2020 for you especially since we've done one uh obviously the big story i think for us today is yesterday on monday jamie pollard and uh, Iowa State announced that they will be having 25, approximately 25,000 people in the stands at Jack Trice Stadium for the season opener on September 12th. What do you think? Um, I think you know why Jamie made this decision. It's because the bottom line. Yeah. Um, a lot of people probably and strongly voiced that they should not have done this, especially given that Ames is basically the hotspot in the world right now. Yeah. Based on that New York Times report that came out. But I think... You kind of have to, if you're Jamie, this is the hand that you have to play uh-huh. in order to bring in the revenue. And then, you know, if it goes badly, he basically said, if Iowa State fans screw this up, then there's not going to be any more, you know, fa- ga- there's not going to be more, be any more fans games fans. with fans. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I have a question about this New York Times thing. Now I've been wondering about this and I, I'm not like, I'm not giving any opinion. I'm just, I'm just wondering what's the population of Ames? In the New York Times report, I believe they quoted like 90,000 something. And I think that um, lined up with the actual population of Story County as a whole. Okay. Well, so here's my question. Would the students count to that? I think so. If yeah. they, so would there, like how long do you have to live in Ames to be a legal resident of Ames? Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I, I, I 100%. The numbers that they quoted were absolutely influenced by the influx of students that came back. Well, and what I'm saying is that when it's a per capita number, and then all of a sudden you've got 30,000 more people than what normally lives there, yeah. the per capita number is going to look a lot bigger. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and that's the same reason why Iowa City was up there too. Well, yeah. You're counting the amount of people that you're testing when you're testing 90,000, when the act- and then like you're using the per capita 65. Yeah. And... So does that kind of make sense? I, I didn't, I don't know what the answer to that is. I would have to look at it. I don't know it. the answer either, but I, I, I get where you're going for. And the other question I have too is how much of that is influenced by them being required to get tested before they came back to campus, basically. Yeah. And I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. Uh, it just, to me, when you, when you look at like a small town, like what Ames is really, in the grand scheme of things and then you add 30,000 more people like the per capita is going to look a lot bigger than what mm. like I, I think when what students, the reality might be the last the last I knew Ames itself was 60,000 with students and 30,000 without students okay so see I, I have no idea like I said I'm not giving an opinion I, I was just saying I'm just trying to state like what I was thinking and I would have to go and look at it deeper probably yeah I didn't look at it as deeply as I probably should have before I came on here and asked that question um but I just think that uh, that was like something that I was wondering was like, how, how would this be influenced by, you know, mm-hmm. the, I don't know if the students count to the population of Ames. Yeah. I guess the, the question I have too is, even though Ames is a hot spot, like if you have all these people who are going to come to Jack Trice, those people aren't from Ames. Like not all of them, obviously. Well, that's where, I mean, there's the counter argument that that's how it becomes a super spreader event i mean you yeah all these people supposedly coming from places that don't have an outbreak like ames does but uh-huh. at the same time like if you're if you're in your vehicle all the way to the parking lot and then you you maintain six feet of distance between you and anyone else all the way to your seat and then you have space at your seat 
I don't know. I'm, I'm sure some people, if there is, if there is COVID present, some people may spread it to others, but if you do a generally good job of keeping distance, I don't know. I think you can do it right. Well, and that's why, I, I mean, this is so much on the fans Yeah, to do it right, you know, and I can understand why people would have reservations, mm-hmm. you know, and why you would be like very anti because the people who are anti, you're not, it's like you're one, I mean, it's, yeah. it's how everything is. Honestly, you're one foot in or you're one foot out, yeah. you know, and, uh, that's like what I feel like it's going to be somewhere more in the middle where it's like, most people are going to follow the rules. A couple jackasses might not, you know, they'll kick their asses out mm. and, uh, you know, people will watch the football game and then we'll find out did it work or did it not. Yep. And, uh, if it works like awesome, you know, cool. And we're gonna have people at the Oklahoma game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Iowa State will have some level of a home field advantage when the Sooners come to town, which will be a ginormous game, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what I just, I don't know. I don't know what the right answer is. I think the, I, I'm glad that I'm not the one who had to make it. The part that concerns me the most, and I'm gonna be curious to see what extra things they plan on doing for it, is when people are actually getting in and out of the stadium. Yeah, because everyone is so used to bunching up both ways. That that's something that they're either going to have to have a lot of crowd control. They're constantly reminding people and like enforcing it or people are just going to line up back to back, you know, shoulder to shoulder like they're used to. See, and that was something that Jamie Pollard talked about when we talked to him yesterday was that, you know, people got to use their judgment on some level where when you're going into the stadium and you see a bunch of people going in, like, you know, take your time. You know, yep. but there's nothing for us, like for people to be in there 90 minutes before. It's not like we're going to tailgate. Like there's, there's no contest mm-hmm. to be the first one to your seats. You know, it's just everybody be responsible. Just like try and take your time. And obviously there's idiots out there who aren't going to do that. Yeah. But don't be that idiot. You know, it's almost like they need to have it be a set time where everyone in this section goes in at this time. Everyone in this section goes in at this time. See, I just feel like that would take so much coordination. It would. And that's a lot of people to like coordinate with. Yeah. You know, and, and we can say, oh, well you can find it on the internet or all these different kinds of things. Obviously you can, but it's just, there's going to be someone who's not going to follow the rules. I mean, there will be someone at this deal that who's not going to follow the rules. Like yeah. that's just, that's reality. It's, an, it's inevitable. Yeah. It, but that's why Jamie Pollard says like, if you no tolerance, like you aren't following the rules, you're gone. Yeah. Don't care how much money you give the university. You're done, you know? And I don't know, man. I, it, like I said, I'm, I'm glad that I'm not the one who had to make the decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, again, I think the reality is that it's probably somewhere in the middle. Uh, I also think that it was, and I don't think that this is Jamie Pollard or Iowa State's fault or anything. It was unfortunate that it was on the, that this was happened on the same day that that report came out, mm-hmm. and um, it and that he even said that he's like I know that this isn't good optics. This is definitely not how a PR person would draw this up. But when else were they going to do it, you mm-hmm. know? And uh, I don't know. I'll say that I was surprised when I saw that they were going to have fans in the stands. I, I If I had to guess, I would have said that they would have done no fans. And then my second guess would have been the um, whatever the second level was. Like they each fan group gets three games, that kind of yeah. thing. Well, and I thought maybe even they'd it'd be just families or something mm-hmm. or – you know, maybe a couple thousand. Uh, and when, honestly, when I saw that, because we saw that he was going to talk to the media, I woke up to an email about that yesterday. Um, 
And I thought that he was going to say there'd be no fans. Mm -hmm. And then I turn around and get an email that says there'd be 25,000. And I was like, oh. (laughs) Surprise, surprise. Yeah. And that, it surprised me. I I don't know. I mean, Mm -hmm. like I said, at the end of the day, I don't know what the right answer is. I don't think anybody does. Um, But it's going to be like, whatever you want to do if you want if you feel comfortable and you think that you can adhere to the rules like then do it you know we're happy to have you in the stadium um but if you don't want to be there if you're not going to follow the rules then don't show up yeah and those are the two that's like the only two avenues in my mind i do know i was reading through the forums after all the snooze broke and i do know a few people who said they were kind of waiting to see what pollard would announce and then now that they've said they're going to be twenty-five thousand fans some people have opted out yeah so it's not going to be probably as many as they would if they were at full full student and season ticket capacity well and i think too that there's going to be an element i think that tomorrow wednesday they're supposed to give everybody their ticket placements i'm sure there will be people that will opt out once they get their ticket placement (laughs) people who are used to being in the lower bowl maybe get booted to the upper bowl right that kind of thing and that's what i'm saying like they're i'm sure that it would not shock me if the final number ended up being closer to 15 10 to 15 you mm-hmm. know and I, don't, I have no reason i have nothing no like numbers to back that up but just from the way he talked and the number of people that opted out after uh they put out their the rules that there were going to be it wouldn't shock me at all if there's more people that that opt out kind of at every level you know and whatever the number ends up being those will be the diehards those will be the people that it's like yeah. They were going to show up regardless of what was going on. And I hope that if you're a diehard, then you do everything to make sure that fans can keep going to games. Yeah. And and be smart. Like, at the end of the day, you know, and like I said, Iowa State's got rules. They feel confident in their rules. And they feel confident that if you follow them, it'll work out. I trust Jamie Pollard. Yeah. You know. Well, I don't it's like I, you kind of think of it from the perspective that, you know, hey, we're part of the program in this aspect. And Campbell wants you to do it this way, you know. We trust in Campbell, follow what he, he wants us to do. That yeah. Kind of thing. And I'll say too, I mean, the more that I hear about the way that they're handling just the, you know, actual football in general, the more and more confident that I am that they're going to be able to get this thing done. Mm-hmm. And that's because of, you know, Jamie Pollard talked yesterday about the 53 man roster policy that the big 12 has adopted and assuming that these programs are taking necessary precautions in order to make sure that you can fulfill those 53 man roster parameters. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel pretty confident that they'll be able to – most teams are going to be able to play an entire season. Mm-hmm. And I could be wrong, but I, sh- I think that they have put some really smart plans in place, which three weeks ago, I don't know that I would have said that, you know. Uh, but now it feels like they're really doing some – like they've. you start to learn more and more about it. It's like, okay, you know, maybe this could be – could get done. Yeah. I'm with you there. So have, has there been any more details on like what the players themselves have had to do like in reaction to all this stuff? Like are they not even – are they all doing full virtual for like Iowa State classes and stuff? So I heard on the radio one day um, that the only way you could take – and I, this was just something that I heard on the radio. Somebody was saying that they were a parent who had called in, I think maybe to the morning rush. Uh, and that person said that the only way, if I remember right, the only way you could take an in-person class – was if you were a senior who was graduating in the fall or spring. And that was the only way, and it had to be like a lab, something that you absolutely could not take mm-hmm. online. So basically, like there might be a handful of kids mm-hmm. that have any opportunity to take an in-person class, but most everybody else is going to be completely online. Got it. So then that, that makes me feel a lot better. Yeah. And I think they're doing all their position meetings online. Uh, and I, 
I don't know this for certain, but I imagine that they're doing some sort of staggering for practice Yep. to keep people separated. Otherwise, what's the point of doing your position meetings online? Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. I mean, I, like I said, I, I feel more confident than I did before. I, mm-hmm. <laughs> who knows? I mean, there's still what 11 days Yeah. until, um, until they're actually going to play football. But at this point, I have no reason to believe that they, that they won't, mm-hmm. I suppose. So I guess turning to the actual football side of things, one of the guys who was trotted out in front of the media was Xavier Hutchinson. Yeah. And he's kind of gotten a little bit of hype going into the first game here. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like he's the real deal, which lines up with what I've been hearing for quite some time. Mm-hmm. I mean, all the way back into when, January. When he, like after he committed. Yeah. That kind yeah, of thing. yeah. I mean, even, yeah, close to a year ago, you know, I, I think that he's going to be a really good player. And, and I told Chris, told Chris this on the radio last week that, um, when they, you know, line up for their first series against Louisiana, it wouldn't surprise me at all if he is a part of the first-team offense. Mm. And if he's not part of the first-team offense, then he will be on the field quite a bit and will get a lot of opportunities to go out and make plays. And and I think that they feel confident that he can be a big-time playmaker. Mm -hmm. Um, All right, flip side of this, we talked about Iowa State. They are playing. We'll have plenty more time to here in the next 11 days, especially next week, um, to d- dive into the football side of stuff. But uh, the Big Ten's ongoing uh, soap opera of whether they will or will not play. The There's people saying that they could play in October. Some people say they won't play until after January. Mm-hmm. Some, they- pe- some people say uh, <laughs> that they're on the one-yard line. Yep. Uh, and the moral of the story is that nobody has any idea what the hell's going on. No one actually knows. And the big story today was that supposedly President Trump... That's what I was saying about there on the one-yard line. Yeah. Which one? <laughs> he uh, he called Kevin Warren, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. They supposedly had a pr- productive discussion Yeah. regarding the Big Ten coming back. And, I mean, at the end of the day, too, like, I saw, I think, Stu Mandel tweet this out. Like, Kevin Warren has no... He doesn't make that decision. No, it's the, the president. Yeah, it's the presidents who make that choice. And um, I, knowing what I know about academics, I'm going to go out on a limb and say probably a lot of them don't give a damn what Donald Trump thinks. Mm-hmm. And that's just, I mean, a, a general idea, I yep. guess. I don't know that for certain, but I feel pretty confident in that. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, I he, he can try all he wants to get him to be able to play, but as of right now I mean the other piece of this if they decided to play in October I mean they're going to look so stupid Mm -hmm. for what they have been doing for the last month and especially how hard they are fighting that lawsuit that was filed by the players at Nebraska and how I mean how non-seriously they've taken it yeah where they're just like this is a fishing expedition it's just a, a complete you know completely doesn't make sense or anything like that and i i find it very hard to believe that they will turn around and change their minds yeah i mean if you, if you were going to change if you were going to play football you would have waited as long as you possibly could before actually opting out like they did but they like they made their decision and they stuck by it yeah or, and then they continue to publicly stick by it yeah and they did it they did it fast they didn't wait and that's what i'm saying they would look so ridiculously stupid if they all of a sudden changed their mind yeah and I mean, they're already a laughing stock to some degree. Yeah. But if they came back, then 
they'd not only be a laughing stock, but they would just show that they're so wishy-washy. Yeah, and, th- and that's what I'm s- they would set a precedent where it's like any decision they make isn't actually final. If we really push back on it hard enough, we can get them to change their minds. Yeah. And that's probably not a precedent that people like that want to set. Mm-hmm. Whether I agree with it or not, I think that they made the decision too early. Um, I, I've maintained that for a long time. I just think there was a lot more time to be able to make that choice and there were a lot of things that we hadn't really even hashed out yet at that point and you know i don't know i don't know what maybe in the end they'll end up being the ones who look like they made the right choice mm-hmm. but right now on september 1st at 5:23 p.m i don't think they were yeah and i could eat crow on that and i, I will I'll admit that i was wrong but i i just i think that they really jumped the gun on everything and now they're going to have to reap what they sowed. Mm-hmm. I, even if fans weren't allowed at all in the Big 12, I'd, I'm still so glad that football is set to happen at this point. Yeah, and it's just it's just goofy because it's hard to even – I'm excited. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm excited about the idea of going to a football game next week and, like, getting the kickoff time today and – you know, you start to think more and more about how good the team could be. Yeah, but it's, it's feeling like, more normal. But I'm I'm excited, but also like guarded, you know, because of just how quickly it feels like it could get. Well, yeah, ripped you could, away. If you put your whole heart and soul into it, and then you know by week three, you know there's a huge outbreak and everything shuts down. It's gonna hurt so much more. Right, and that's what I'm saying. Like I just, I am maintaining a level of skepticism to where. I'm not going to, I'm trying to set myself up not to get hurt, you know, Yeah. or to just not be ridiculously disappointed, which I could be, I don't know. I probably still would be regardless, yeah. but I'm just, I'm sitting here like, man, I, I, I guess what I'm trying to say, anybody out there who is like dead set confident that they're going to play football, like prepare yourself for the op, the, uh, the possibility that you could be disappointed Yeah. dial it back a little bit. And I, I'm just as excited. I want to play just as bad as you do, but I'm still sitting here like, you know, who knows what could happen in three weeks. Things have changed. Things change so fast right now. And every day there's something new. The, the old school Iowa State fan in me just thinks like the more games that Iowa State wins, the more likelihood that things will be shut down early. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it's like things will be looking great. They'll be in the contention for a, for a Big 12 championship, and then something will happen. Yeah, it's like I, I saw that they changed the kickoff for the Texas game from Saturday to Friday. after Thanksgiving to Black Friday. And I was like, man, think what life will be like on Black Friday. Yeah. I've, I mean, I mean, that's a whole other thing. Like, that's like a decade from now. There's not going to be, yeah, that, that's one thing. Like, think about Black Friday, too. It's like, they're not going to actually have, like, in-store deals, I bet. They're not going to want people to come in-store. Yeah, I don't It's going to be, like, two Cyber Mondays, except one's on Friday. Yeah, I don't know. But uh, I just, I sit here and I'm, I think about how, I mean, it's, it's crazy to think that the Big Ten canceling its season was, was three weeks ago today. And that feels like yesterday, but yeah. at the same time, it feels like a hundred years ago. That sums up this entire year. I mean, I think uh, six months to the day when we are um, getting ready to kick off at Jack Drive Stadium on September 12th will have been when we were coming back from Kansas City after they'd canceled the Big 12 tournament. Wow, that doesn't feel that long ago. But at the same time, so much has happened. In the, in oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. No, so much has happened in that time. Sorry, my bad. I, I was trying to cough. For some, reason, for some reason, I, I don't have any hearing in my right ear now. That's weird. 
Oh, I don't. No, you're you're fine. Uh, as long as as long as you can still hear both of us, that's all that really matters. Yeah, I, I mean I can hear you. I can see that it's registering. But just please stop. Please stop coughing. My bad, dude. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I just it's it, it. I feel like I've aged like ten years in the last six months. Oh yeah, my my mood has been <laughs> like many people just down compared to compared compared to normal. You know. Yeah, it's it it's hard to have energy to talk about football because you're like, man, I, it's like I said, like I, I'm excited. Like I want to be excited, but yeah. at the same time, I don't want to get too excited. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Next thing, uh, Iowa state announced today that they will be wearing patches on the left shoulder of their uniforms to honor Jack Trice. Uh, I'll say that they look slick. They do. They look really sharp and they should stay there forever. Absolutely. These shouldn't come off like they, they permanent additions. Yeah. I mean, it's a great honor for a great guy. Um, never more relevant than it is right now, yeah. I would say. Yeah. Um, just keep it. it. Looks great. Yeah, and it keeps his legacy in in the uh, in forefront. The, in the forefront all the time. Mm-hmm. And you know, whenever someone sees that that maybe doesn't know that story, they'd be more inclined to look it up than you would just because you hear Jack Trice Stadium. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I mean, I think that that's a I think it's a cool thing. It's doesn't surprise me to see them do something like that. I, I wasn't sure what they would do, but I figured there would be some sort of element. Yep. And um, like I said, I think that that's something that should stay on the on the jerseys forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, last thing before we take a break. Uh, yesterday it was announced uh, Memphis transfer point guard Tyler Harris given a waiver from the NCAA for immediate eligibility. Going to be playing point guard for the Cyclones this winter. Yeah, uh, this is kind of needed depth at that position, I think. Um, I would imagine he'll be a starting point guard. You think so? Yeah, if I had to guess, yeah. Regardless of whether he starts or not, I think it's an, that's a position that they needed another guy yeah, they for just this year. needed more guys in that backcourt mm-hmm. just to keep strengthening it. Yep. Um, I mean, I think that they've got, a, they got the potential to have a pretty – I don't know. I don't know how to feel about that team either. You know, mm-hmm. you got a lot of different pieces, a lot of guys that I we haven't seen play at the college level, and it's like it's like where you've got the puzzle, and you've got like three pieces that you know fit in the correct spot, and then all the rest of them it's just like, okay, well here <laughs> yeah. we go. Yeah, it, it, and it seems like the the individual pieces themselves themselves like have some talent. Yeah. But, yeah, it's, it's all going to come down to how fast they can gel. Yeah, and how fast can you put it together. Which Especially is, if they don't have a non-conference slate, too. Well, and that's what I was actually going to say is that if they didn't play non-conference, like maybe that would give them – I mean, you got another – you got an extra two months to get ready. Yeah. I, get used time, to each other, get to know each other. Yeah, but at the same time, like you can't really sacrifice – or you can't, you can't substitute game experience – even if it's you know good practice kind of thing right so yeah i don't know i mean i i like what harris can do bring as far as a shooter yeah especially i, I imagine if harris can get his waiver then I, I would think that blake henson can get his as well i would say that that one probably is close to a slam dunk mm-hmm. as what you can possibly get in the waiver process harris was the one that i didn't know would get approved or not and ended up getting approved at first so. yeah yeah that's kind of what i was thinking like when i saw that come through i was like all right, yeah. Well, they mm-hmm. probably should have both of those guys. Yeah, they'll, have, they'll be at full strength, hopefully, this year. Yeah, and I think that I saw Matt Schultz tweet out that they have, like, five times as many made three-pointers returning this season compared to what they did last year. Yeah, and more than that, what was it, fit the 15-16 team? I think that's the only one that they didn't have more than. Yeah, which is crazy. Yeah, and I mean, that team had 
a lot. A whole bunch of shooters on it. Yeah. And obviously you lost some of those right at the beginning too when Naz didn't play in the conference year. But uh, no, man, I think – I mean, basketball feels like it's light years away, so it's just... <laughs> yeah, we got a whole lot of uh, things to go right before then. Right, like I saw that come across on Twitter, and I was like, oh yeah, I wish I was a basketball team. And that's a whole other thing, too, because basketball obviously is indoors, so it's like, you can't all be outside and social distance yeah. for basketball. Well, it's just funny because I see these like national guys tweeting about, oh, what does this mean for college basketball? And I'm like, hey, let's figure out this one first, yeah. guys. And it's apples to oranges, too. Well, it's just where you see them talking about the bubbles and those kinds of things. And that's like yeah. I said, I'm like, hey, let's take it one thing at a time here, did, please. Did, did you see the NCAA trademark battle, of the, battle in the bubble? I did. They're, they're gearing oh, up for something. I, I've, I've seen John, Ro- John Rothstein <laughs> yeah. tweeting about every different location that that is a, a possibility yeah. for the bubble. Well, speaking of old John, he, he threw some uh, some shade at, at Harris getting his waiver why? Um, approved. I, he's just against waivers getting approved for some reason. I don't oh, know Oh, yeah, why. he's always talking about the transfer thing. Yeah. Which is really weird because John Rothstein's best friend is at Matt Abdelmassi. <laughs> yeah, who's the master of <laughs> Or those. his college roommate or something. Yeah. Maybe Abdelmassi did something to make him mad. He's not giving him all the stories from. That could be from Nebraska anymore. <laughs> Maybe they said too much right there. I, I don't think that's a, I don't think that's a private thing, but no. uh, yeah, I, it's always <laughs> funny to me when I see him talking about the transfer steal. Mm-hmm. Like, shut up, John. Nobody, like, I don't think he realizes that literally no one cares well, and he, and what he, you think. He's a, he's more of a meme than a man at this point. It's just so funny how he pumps out. I want to know who buys a John Rothstein t-shirt. You know, he's always tweeting about his merch. And I'm like, who do you think is buying that? And another question, like, if, if you're, like, ranking your, your college basketball writers, like, who puts John Rothstein at number one? Well, and all the shirts have his slogans on them. And yeah. it's, who is like, man, that one's so good that I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go and get that. You know, I bet a lot of people in West Virginia have bought the, you know, death taxes, West Virginia or wherever it is. Yeah. Bob Huggins. I thought that was Wisconsin. Uh, whatever. I'm sure he's used, he's used multiple. There's, I, the one I remember always is Jay Wright is a, or Villanova is a fortune 500 company or something like that. I can, it's something about yeah. fortune 500. Mm-hmm. He has a Chris Beard one. I can't remember. I don't know. It's oh, West Virginia tougher than a night out or night at your in-laws. A weekend, yeah, a weekend at your weekend in-laws. At your in-laws. Yeah, that's yeah. that's it. Yeah, that's a pretty good one. Yeah. But I still would never want that t-shirt. Well, it, it's almost the kind of thing where you, you you would never want it, but at the same time, that makes you want it more than anything because it's just a joke. <laughs> it, it almost makes me wonder if someone else said that and he saw it and thought it was funny and he's like, oh, I'm going to use that one. Oh, probably, yeah. Yeah. Like, I want to know how many of these he's... Anybody who's ever listened to him talk... I'm like, man, I don't believe that John Rothstein actually has, like, the wit to think of some of these things. Not when he's... But that's why he uses the same jokes over and over again. Yeah, no, especially, like, the way he texts coaches. <laughs> that, that that weird, like, good luck coach that yeah. goes before every game. Like, 300 coaches. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, some of the coaches never respond ever. Who was it that put that out? Was it Awful Announcing or something it that, had, that had the screenshots of all of his text messages? Yeah. Man, what a... Cringy. What a goofball, dude. Mm-hmm. Oh. My goodness. All right, we'll take a break. Too hot and not when we come back on uh, Stains and Fits on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. Welcome back to Stains and Fits on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. I said uh, I've got two more Cyclone Fanatic Super Patron um, shout-outs to give. I didn't write anything. Uh, 
Steph didn't write anything for me either. Wow, how, how inconsiderate of her. Uh, today's Cyclophonic Super Patrons are uh, my cousin, Ben, who lives out in St. Helens, Oregon. Mm-hmm. He might be the most rabid Cyclophonic podcast listener in our entire audience. Provided one of our cheap wines. He did provide one of our cheap wines. And the funniest thing is that he has absolutely no connection to Iowa State like whatsoever outside of the fact that he went to the game against Oregon State last year. It took a stanza fifth sign and an intern Brandon sign. <laughs> nice. And uh, I, I appreciate him for supporting us. And dude, it's crazy. I, I think I'd met Ben like one time in my entire life before I went out there last summer. Yeah. And he still was always listening to all of our podcasts. He just sounds like a quality guy. Yeah. Ben's an awesome dude. Um, I appreciate him uh, listening to all of our podcasts. And then the other one is someone who I, I don't honestly know that has ever listened to one of our podcasts. It's my sister. And maybe she has. I don't know. Maybe with my mom and dad or something like that. But I, I can't imagine that she's going out of her way to listen to incredibly often. I feel like she's at least like when we've mentioned something referring to you in the pod specifically maybe like we tease something on twitter she's she's uh you know commented yeah and hey if i'm wrong mom and dad don't and cousin ben don't help her <laughs> but if you're hearing this taylor you can send me a text message and and prove me wrong but i'm just saying i don't believe that she's listening to this right now but still she's a cycle flag super patron i appreciate her uh and it's, it's cool that she uh she likes to support so anybody else out there who wants to be a cycle flag super patron i promise that we'll actually have something written for you <laughs> and i'm sorry to ben and taylor that i didn't write something for them hey there's there's something special about just the off the cuff you know going on what about make what makes them good yeah what uh, makes them what makes them special but we'll uh we'll give you a shout out and um you can be part of our premium zooms we did one of those last week i thought it was really fun and uh and everything else at uh, cyclonefanatic.com all right time for hot and not here um you can go first sure so i'll kind of just do mine at the same time my hot this week is junk food tv because thank god it exists because of everything going on like it seems like every day something happens like and it's broken news and it's just so depressing adds on top of like what was depressing from yesterday and etc etc it's like my not this week the example is Chadwick Boseman Black Panther died over the weekend and it's like no one knew that he had colon cancer yeah and you know you never heard a bad thing about him he's just a, a super genuine guy like go you know visits children hospitals that kind of thing like so to wake up on I think it was Saturday morning and see that news it's just like on top of the coronavirus and all the you know the racial stuff going on like to see a good guy like him die it's like holy crap everything just feels bad right now yeah so anyway my 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 hot this week is junk food tv because it's an escape what is junk food tv junk food tv is like big brother okay okay love island i'm actually watching love island with my wife i have no idea what that is not surprising uh it's kind of like more of a junkie bachelor and there's there's not just like one bachelor but it's more of a white trash bachelor yeah white trash bachelor exactly and uh so thank goodness for those things to get your mind off everything going badly in the world right now yeah dude it's crazy i saw that on on saturday night or whatever and i was like i saw it come across twitter and i was taken back i was like yeah did we know like was that a like a thing i don't think anyone knew i had no idea about that yeah because because he's been making movies obviously and he was you know in shape for all those marvel movies right you never would have guessed that he would had stage three that turned into stage four colon cancer yeah yeah i had i had no idea about that i don't i really don't think anybody really knew about it Mm. um but yeah that was that was certainly shocking and then uh john thompson 
Yep. Passing away yesterday. Yep. Uh, Lute Olson, uh, former coach at Iowa and Arizona. Yep. Uh, over the weekend. A couple really prominent college basketball coaches. Yeah. Um, man, it's just been like one after another. Yeah. Ever since Kobe, dude. Kobe died, never, nothing's been the same ever since then, I swear. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy to think that Kobe dying happened even before, like, all the coronavirus stuff happened, too. Yeah, that was in January. Yeah. That was before I even went to Denver, which seems like a lifetime ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, man, it's it's been crazy. Like, doesn't doesn't even the, the Camping World Bowl feel like it was, like, three years ago at this point? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I saw Steph tweet about the uh, the South Dakota State game today was the two-year anniversary of the, the rained-out game. See, for some reason, that feels like it was last year to me. I don't know why. That's backwards to me. I, I feel like time has become like a flat circle, dude. I, someone tells me how long ago something was, and I, and I know that it was that long ago. But at the same time, I'm like, man, mm-hmm. really? Yeah. I mean, that's the thing, like... It's a, it feels so long ago, but at the same time... We, does like that mean sort of, we're getting old? Or does it mean that it's just that... I th- or is this the way it's happening for everyone? I don't know. I feel like we need some more wise people with more experience than us can weigh on weigh in on if this is the normal once you get old. That, like, once you have a lot more memories, they all start to just kind of run together? Run together, yeah. Like, is that normal? Or is it just because it's 2020? And I imagine it's happening? probably normal. And there's so many things happening now. Yeah. That it, your brain just gets overloaded. I feel overloaded. I felt over. I've, I've really like, especially like the last month or so. I just felt like, good God, make it stop. I have fatigue with a lot of different things. Yeah. Right now. Yeah, fatigue is a good word. And primarily, I like to think that some of them will come to an end in November. And I don't know. <laughs> I feel like it's just only still just beginning. So yeah, who really even knows? Um, all right, my hot this week. I started playing a PGA 2K21 on the PlayStation. I'm horrible. <laughs> I was playing with Lake yesterday. I shot at plus 22. Holy crap, dude. How, what difficulty? I mean, on like the online, like competitive difficulty. Nice. Um, I've considered getting that game mainly for the course editor. Have you tried that out yet? I've played some of the edited courses. There's one that's called Savage Golf. That's one of the craziest things I've ever experienced on what, a video game. What makes it savage? Is it just uh, super hard? No. I mean, it's... It's just fun. You like the first hole is like 800 yards, but the the hole is about 150 yards below you, and you get it in the middle of the fairway and it'll roll all the way to the green. Nice. It's obviously, the par five. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so it's been kind of fun to play that. Like I said, I'm really bad at it. Yeah. And See, I think I think it'd be really fun to like make local courses in the course editor. Yeah, Life was trying to do that yesterday, and I think that it's really intricate. Mm-hmm. And I don't. I feel like it's probably something that neither one of us really has the time to sit and do. That's the thing. Like it probably to make it the level of detail that I'd want in a course that I'm trying to recreate. It'd probably take like 20 plus hours alone to make a great course. The majority of my time is spent just playing career mode and trying to not suck. Mm-hmm. And I I bump the difficulty down during the career mode to uh, up my self esteem a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, who's who's the best uh, real life golfer that they have that like is an opponent in that game? Uh, Justin Thomas probably is it? Okay, uh, they've got Justin Thomas. He's the cover athlete, isn't he? Yeah, uh, Sergio Garcia, Matt Kutcher. Because Tiger's not in it. No, Rory's not in it. No, DJ's not in it. No. Okay, 
I mean, there's only like a handful. I think there's only like a dozen or something like that. Bryson DeChambeau or whatever his name is. Hmm. Uh, Ian Poulter. You see him and you're like, oh, I know who that guy is. Yep. Uh, Tony Feet now. He's up there. Ian Poulter was in... I The one Tiger Woods game I owned for GameCube back in the day was Tiger Woods PGA Tour 2004. And okay. Ian Poulter was one of the, the golfers in that game. I'm surprised you didn't have any of the other Tiger Woods games. Well, like we... I mean... It was the kind of thing where once you get one version of the game, like my family never had any reason to get any other version of the game. Yeah. Like had it been up to me, I probably would have bought it like maybe every other year. But that was a good game though. Like there's no other reason to get any other version. It was that good. Man, I remember when they dropped the one that had the Masters on it. Yes. Back in the day. Yep. And in that one, you could get so good that you'd be shooting like, I mean, you'd be shooting 50 under or something, yeah. you know, like getting hole in one on a par four. Mm-hmm. And... It's considerably harder to do that now. I was quite disappointed when I realized, like, wait, I actually have to be good at this game? Yeah. (laughs) And especially, like, if you were to crank it up to, like, the highest difficulty, like, doesn't it take, like, doesn't it take away, like, everything on the screen and it's just literally, you have to do everything by feel? Yes. That'd be insanely hard. And, like, uh, like the uh, swing speed is really touchy Hmm. and it's... I don't know, man. It's really hard. I, I don't I don't even know how to put it into context, but it's just like with 2K, dude. They've tried to make it so realistic. Yeah. You know, like in golf, like you, you know, you can't swing the club perfect every time in mm-hmm. golf. I mean, it's just not realistic, mm-hmm. you know. And um and then they uh they um it's like in 2K where they've tried to make it realistic and mm-hmm. it makes the game in my mind less fun because when I play the game, I'm like, man, I don't want to play like, yeah. Re- especially when you're playing against someone, you're like, I don't want to sit here and play like real basketball. Yeah. Like this is well, for and, fun. And I know like in 2K, like you can green, like green shots, yeah. but at the same time, it's like in 2K, if you do everything that you're supposed to and the ball doesn't go in, like it's really frustrating. Yeah. It's really frustrating. But at the same time that happens in real life all the time when you play basketball, you like you, you have a, a perfect form shot and you think it's going in but then it hits the back iron yeah but i don't want that yeah i know i don't want that like i want to just play. i agree i just want to play and you know that's the i want to dick around i don't know yeah and that's the thing that separates real life from sports video games yeah and um it's like i remember back in the day when you could play like 2k 11 and get like 150 points in my career and literally all you did is you would the second that someone shot the ball you ran to the other end and they'd outlet it to you for a dunk and you do that over and over and over again and I mean, you can still score a lot of points in my career if you bump the difficulty way down. Yeah. But I just miss those days. You know, now they're they're like, oh, we're going to make this game real. Why? Who wanted that? Yeah. Well, the, the funny thing is, too, like, I feel like you can make, like, a game like Call of Duty. There, I feel like you can make that game more real. Like, you know, not let people pump you full of bolts and that kind of thing. Right. Not to get too graphic or anything. But, and it's like, in Call of Duty, you, you run way faster than you do in real life, too. So, it's like... I feel like that game you can make more realistic, but these sports games you can make not as realistic as you're trying to make them. Well, I almost want them to have a setting in there where you can make it like an arcade mode mm-hmm. that resets it to kind of how it was before mm-hmm. when it really was meant to be a video game and not a simulation, yeah. you know? And like my friends and I back when I was in college, we would play it, we would play 2K and we'd play it as a drinking game. Dunks yeah. and threes are drinks. And, like, every shot would be a dunk or a three, yeah. you know? You can't do that anymore now. If you shoot that many threes, you're not going to score. Well, kind of it kind of brings me back to the game NBA Street, yeah. Vol- Volume 2 specifically. Yeah. Like, those games were a blast to play. 
and they were so unrealistic, but it was still basketball and it still had like, you know, Kobe and, you know, all these people, yeah. real life players. So it's like it makes you wonder. If the, it makes you wonder if there's a if there's a market for that kind of game. Oh, absolutely. Nowadays, I mean, honestly, it's that's kind of what the park is. Yeah. On 2K, I'm interested to see what they'll do with the next gen, on 2K. 2K mm. has been disappointing me, but it's just I I understand that it's difficult, and they've probably reached a lot of the limits of what they can do on the current gen. Yeah. So when they come out in the next gen, I'm excited to see what that will bring are you going to be a, a first adopter for a new gaming system i mean it'll probably depend on how difficult it is to get and we still don't know how much it's going to cost yeah uh, if, it, if it's pushing a grand it's not it's going to be a no for me yeah i mean we'll see i would like to have one yeah you know but obviously there's a lot of uh, variables that go into play yeah primarily money being the main one yeah um but yeah no i'm i'm excited to see what that looks like. Did you watch the Call of Duty trailer for mm. the next one? Mm. Dude, it looks dope. It, it was shot on the is it PS5. Cold, is it Cold War? Yeah, shot Actually, on the PS5. I, I saw that they had Ronald Reagan. They, I saw a screenshot of him. They do. The story mode in there looks cool, but I'm excited to see like what the multiplayer gameplay and stuff looks like on the PS5. Mm-hmm. It was, I mean looked like a movie almost it's kind of crazy like you know you think back to when like the nintendo 64 and those kind of game systems came out compared Mm -hmm. to like the old the ones right before them like those graphics seemed so good and like even like looking back like you you in my head i imagine mario kart 64 like being way better graphics than it actually is yeah looking back now and it's like looking at what they're actually doing with graphics now it's like it's actually realistic right it makes it look so lifelike well i remember one of the first time that i ever saw the uh like 2k7 trailer on the xbox 360 Mm -hmm. and it was like oh my god it's not gonna get any better than this i was like what yeah you can see the sweat (laughs) and now that's been every game every 2k every time they come out of a new console it's like look at that sweat there's more sweat (laughs) and and that's what the joke was when they put out the zion teaser yeah was like Look how much more sweat there is on Zion. <laughs> yeah. And that's like the one gauge that we have for how good of a, a console is going to be. Yeah, I feel like, so, man, there's a lot of sweat there. Sweat is absolutely the number one thing. And then the other thing I remember standing out to me was like when their shorts like moved. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. Like it looked like cloth as opposed to like graphic. Well, and then you'd actually watch the gameplay or you'd actually play it and it would be nothing like that. Yeah. You know, it was just the, the trailer. They specifically made it look awesome. Madden is the all time one though. Yeah. With the gameplay looking nothing like what the trailer did. Yep. If, if anybody has never seen the Madden, man, I, this probably had to have been like Madden 06 with Donovan McNabb on the cover, I think. Uh, go and watch that trailer. The games don't look that good now. <laughs> Two generations later. I, we haven't seen what the PS5 gameplay will look like, but man, it is it is something else. Yeah. And it's like, wow, they were really ambitious with making this thing. Mm-hmm. It looks like toy, like Pixar came and made their uh, trailer for the for Madden 2K or 2006. Yeah, they probably blew half their budget doing the CGI for those. No, that's like literally what happened. That's why Madden has been in a hole for a long time because they tried to make it like that and is no, that this, a is, this is a real thing yeah really yes yeah that they uh put made like a concept trailer and then the guy was like yeah we want the game to look like that and they're like well we can't do that yeah no no <laughs> or like it's gonna cost a crap yeah ton. no they're like no like we we can't do that you know and that's why like the crowds and stuff they tried way too hard to make the crowds look real mm. and tried way too little to make the game actually look real or play real yeah and yeah it set them back like 10 years I, uh, go look that up i'm just yeah. serious that's a real thing that's another thing though i do i i want 2k to get back into the nfl 
well, I know that they got a they got a license, and then all of a sudden Madden or EA bumped their uh, licensing deal way up. So mm-hmm. the NFL basically just used 2K as a way to. But I, I was reading that they could make like a simulation, so uh, you know, an NFL Street mm. type game. Obviously, it wouldn't be NFL Street because that's what still though that was still EA's yeah. game. But yeah, well, yeah, and anything like NBA Street, like I, I'd love to see that kind of game come back. Yeah. Dude, NFL Street was awesome. You could run up on the wall. I never played NFL Street. Oh, man, it was crazy. It's, I mean, it's basically like what the yard is on Madden mm. now or like Superstar KO and stuff like that. So they've kind of brought those modes back. But, man, that was those games were ahead of their time, man. Yeah. I remember on NBA Street, the last mission, that you, the original one, not Volume 2, the last mission you had to beat to win like the story mode was you had to play a team of five Michael Jordans <laughs> and like you would have to play a whole bunch of teams and you'd pick up a guy yeah. every time you would win yeah and then the last team was all Michael Jordan so did you beat Michael Jordans I don't know I was probably like in I was probably like in second or third grade so yeah. probably not I mean mm-hmm. or probably I did I don't know I, I but I would love to see them do something like that again. That was a fun game. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. My not this week, a little considerably less um, happy topic. I imagine that you saw my tweet on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, my not this week is German Shepherds. Had quite the exciting Sunday. Uh, not in a good way. Uh, woke up Sunday morning. Was uh, on my phone, like walking. You know, so I wake up. Lolo and I are going for our walk. Um and I'm on my phone walking a little ways down the way from my apartment. And there's this old guy that always is out working on trucks in the morning. Every day is out there working on trucks. And like when I walk by, you know, I wave. I mean, we've been doing this for like three years. We've got this whole thing. Walk by and I wave. And he's like, man, it's a beautiful day today. Because it was the first day that it wasn't 100 billion degrees outside. And I was like, yeah, man, it is. I was like, I hope you have a good day. He's like, yeah, you too. And just as he says that, I see a German shepherd come sprinting out between the buildings. Like dead ass sprint and i was like i didn't have time to react and it ran up to lolo and like a lot of times like i mean dogs come up to each other and sniff each other and sniff each other and it's like it is you know it's all good and so i didn't really think anything of it this dog came up and picked her up by her neck the back of her neck and started swinging her around like shaking her back and forth and i was like i you, like you almost I'm sure freeze, you were, I'm sure was shocked yeah, yeah but I was like trying to get this dog to drop her mm-hmm. and I hate to admit this but I mean I kicked the dog because well, I was like you're you you like, have to yeah. you have to try to save your dog yeah and then Lolo's like screaming out on the street and I've got like all these people running out to me mm-hmm. and uh I hope I'm not like that's not, the pedo people can't be mad at me. My dog was about to die. It's I swear to God, that, yeah. I was swear to God that that thing was going to kill my kill Lolo, and uh, so I was like holding her, trying to see if she was okay. And she had a big old gash, like a uh, puncture wound on her neck, and then um, at some point in there, her foot got all messed up. I don't know. Things happen really fast. Yeah. Uh, and the guy, like, came running out, and he was like, dude, I was just watching that dog for someone. He's like, man, like, is she okay and all this stuff? And I was like, uh, no. I was like, yeah. what do you, like, do you think that she's okay? She, she just got attacked, like, unprovoked. She just got jumped by out, out here on these streets, man. Like, these streets aren't safe anymore out here. Yeah. And, yeah, I ended up having to take her. She had to have surgery to fix her foot, and now she's got a big old cast, basically, yeah. on her foot. She'll be fine. I mean. Poor Lolo. Yeah. But 
that was like at 10 in the morning on a yeah. Sunday. That's it, a, a rough way to start your day. And I'm just like, you know, you're in, I just woke up days, you know, and you're just walking down the street. Do, 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 like, and then you, not one second on that walk. Did you think your dog was going to be brutally attacked? Right. And that's, that's what it, what it, it was just so shocking. I, I had never seen anything like that. You never even anticipate anything like that happening. Yeah. And I had, that was the first time in my life. I think I've ever had a negative interaction with a dog mm-hmm. where a dog I could tell was genuinely mean. Yeah. And I was just, I was so shook by that. Yeah. And, uh, so the moral story, keep your dogs on a damn leash. Like, I don't know, or keep them inside. I don't know what happened. Yeah. I don't, I have no idea what happened on that guy's end. I didn't ask any questions. I was more worried about my dog. Yeah. And well, especially if it's not your dog. Yeah. Like if you don't know how that dog is going to react a hundred percent of the time, then like it, it would make sense in my mind to, you know, keep tabs on them, keep them on a leash. Yeah. And it, or even if it's like, in the house and it just bolts out the door that, yeah. see that's what i'm saying i have no idea what the circumstances were with this dog yeah i just know what happened in the brief interaction that i had with it and i mean it i i was just i i now two days later i'm like still trying to process where my like, man i have considerably less trust for other dogs than I ever did before. Yeah. Like I said, I never had negative interaction with a dog before. Yeah. Before that one. It's probably an outlier, you know, kind of thing that's just, you happen to run into a bad dog on a bad day. Yeah. Like, have you ever seen me? I've I've never, I've never really experienced that kind of in person myself. No, but at the same time, I'm not going to necessarily say that. I don't know. I'm not surprised, but at the same time, it probably was an outlier. Yeah. Yeah, because, like, Lolo's been around a lot of big dogs. I mean, my roommate had a Malamute. That's a huge dog. Yeah. You know, my another one of my best friends has a German Shepherd, a huge... I mean, this German Shepherd was tiny compared to him. Yeah. And, like, him and Lolo were, like... Buds. Buds, you know? Mm. So, when this dog came running out, I was just like, oh, yeah, Lolo has never met a dog that she didn't like before. Yeah. And then this is just, like, all of a sudden went zero to 100 in about two seconds. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I well, I, I have seen the pictures. Lolo's bumped and bruised, but she is still chugging along. It appears so. I can tell you, if the dog hadn't ran away, you should have. You would have. I would have been saying you should have seen the other guy. Because, <laughs> oh yeah, oh, man, I, I was, I was red hot. Yeah, I was ready to burn well, the world down. Yeah, Lolo wouldn't have any chance against the German Shepherd. I mean, Lolo's just a, well, a no, small dog. But I would. <laughs> yeah, you would. <laughs> I was dude and i i say that jokingly but man that was something else dude mm-hmm. still still got got me shook but she's good she acts yeah. like nothing even happened i mean she saw a dog the other day and wanted to go and say hi and i was like yeah no we're not doing this anymore glad she's okay yeah all right thanks man we'll uh talk to you again in a in a couple weeks and hopefully we'll be recapping uh, a victory sounds good all right thanks everybody for listening we'll uh talk to oh Dude. Don't forget, Jared. Dude, I forgot the. I listed. I did all my other things that I had that uh, tomorrow night. The uh, Cyclefnac virtual or not tomorrow night. When you're listening, it'll be tonight. Cyclefnac virtual kickoff party, seven thirty Wednesday night on uh, all of our social media platforms. If you're just on Twitter, it'll show up at the top. Everybody's seen that before. If you're on Twitter, and on Facebook, you can set it up to uh, send you an alert when that's beginning. Um, I can tell you right now that we've got uh, Brett Meyer, former Iowa State quarterback, now the co-host of Meyer to Blythe podcast on the Cycling Fanatic Podcast Network. we got Jay Jordan, um, and then I think we've got Ben Bruns. 
coming on the show. So some good football minds. Some good football minds. Wouldn't even shock me if C Dub may possibly added somebody more. I don't know. I'm not. I have no idea if that's true. But I'm just saying that I I have no idea sometimes what Chris Williams is going to do. So uh, it, it could happen. But all right. Thanks everybody for listening. Hope you guys will tune into that, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Peace.